and welcome to episode six of the club. I'm your host, Sean Fairholm. It's a simple question with a complicated answer. What does it take to get better at golf? Today, we're going to talk about one of the critical pieces when it comes to improving not only your score, but your overall enjoyment playing golf. Full swing fundamentals. What are they? Why do they matter? And how do you master them on a consistent basis? To do this, we're talking with one of my good friends and a highly respected teacher, Brian Jacobs. Brian operates the Brian Jacobs Academy out of Mill Creek Golf Club in Churchville, New York, and he is also a lead instructor for the Golf Channel Academy. Before we dive into this conversation with Brian, remember that if you have any questions about graph golf, the golf swing, the mental game, anything at all, please feel free to reach out to us at theclub at graphgolf.com or connect with us on our graph golf social media. One of our latest questions comes from Sam Gallagher, and it's a good one for our topic today. Sam asks, what is a good way to make sure I'm lining up properly when I'm out in the golf course? Sam, thank you for the question. Alignment is a key fundamental for obvious reasons, right? A great golf swing consistently aimed in the wrong direction is not going to produce the type of results we want. Uh, one of the simplest things we could do about it is to have intermediate targets. Uh, let's say you were hitting a seven iron from 160 yards away. Normally, maybe you look at the flag, get your body into to a position where you're thinking you're aiming at the flag, and then you swing. That sounds nice, but how confident can we be that you're actually aiming at the flag? And if you're planning on making a few dozen swings during the round, as most of us are, how confident are you that your aim will be accurate for each of those? A great way to help yourself is to add a target several inches ahead of your ball. Going back to that seven iron example, let's say you stand behind your ball, pick up your club and kind of point it towards your target so that the shaft is going right from the ball all the way to the target. As you do that, pick out something just a few inches ahead of your ball, maybe a small indentation in the grass or a tiny leaf, whatever it may be, and make that your new target. If you can aim your club face at that, you know it's aimed at your target 160 yards away. This is great for full swing aim, but honestly, you can kind of do this for everything in golf, whether it's putting, bunker play, really anything you want. This may sound like a lot at first, but I promise you can master this to where it only takes a few seconds to aim with confidence, and it's a valuable skill to have. Now let's get into our conversation with Brian Jacobs as he talks about full swing fundamentals. When a golfer kind of hears the word fundamental, that's the, it's kind of a solid word at this point a lot of times in, in golf instruction. I know we tend to we tend to think of it as a this long you know, uh, checklist that we get mired in and we don't, some of us don't necessarily have time for it. We don't want to sit there thinking, okay, is our, is our alignment consistent? Is our posture allowing us to turn properly? Do we have, you know, tension levels that are low enough to allow the club face to rotate? <laughs> so how do you, how do you kind of make that, you know, a little bit more palatable for people? How do you kind of, uh, you have all of these fundamentals and let's kind of just look at the full swing fundamentals in this one picture. How do you make that easier to, to implement and eventually to, to master for somebody? Let's say they're maybe they're not a guy who is trying to make the PGA Tour. They're just kind of uh, maybe a, a 10 handicap, but they're they're a guy who they go out to the course and one day they're they're pointed their their stance is way open. One day it's not that way. They're they're not consistent at all in what they're what they're bringing to the golf course. How do you how do you kind of break that down just so somebody understands that they can they can kind of make that more consistent each day they come out? Right. I think the first 
the most important thing is, you know, telling them this is the foundation that we need to do these things. Um, just to share, I'm teaching a student in Kansas City right now remotely, and his alignment is awful. I mean, it's his posture is vertical and his swing is vertical, and and so it's really interesting. I get video from him three times a week. I assess video three times a week with them, and continue to harp on posture and um, and he's getting better. He's getting better. He's getting better at aiming the club face. I mean, if we can't aim the club face. Um, we can't certainly aren't going to be able to set our toe line in our chest and some of the other things. So when people are with me physically, I move them, you know, I tilt their hips the way it should be. I, I, you know, give them their pelvic tilt. I show them where the club should be, um, how we should aim the face. We get into an ironclad process with the student too, um, just about how they take their grip. Um, and it's really interesting. I share with them also when I worked on my own game. You know, I was an accomplished player and I I went because I knew I could be better and a lot of things changed. So I've been through the process before and I kind of know the ups and downs of it for the student and I remember it well. And I just say, look, I'm in the game 30 years or more and I'm still learning. I'm still, you know, it takes a long time to learn this stuff. So don't beat yourself up too bad. I might go out with a student take them on the golf course and say, okay, we want one height, one curve, you know, every single time. And so we're going to take X side of the T every single time. We're going to aim at the right rough every single time. And you're going to hook it every single time. And so we might go from a slice uh, where uh, the student was the right side of the T box and aiming at the trees or the pond or the road to the left. It's a hundred yards away and curving it back into the fairway. Um, we'll take them the exact opposite and have them do the opposite thing. And they'll say, this is crazy. I would never do that. Well, you were doing it with the other way. How do we find the middle? Oh, and then the light goes on like, oh. Or I might actually too, I've done this before with, with some juniors and some uh, good players. I've taken them out on the golf course and we just watch groups, you know, and I'll, you know, we'll be a little ways away and I'll say, what's that guy going to do? What, what's the ball flight going to go like? What's his rehearsal swing look like? Oh, uh, he's going to slice it. Pew, slice. Awesome. So they're aware, you know, of vertical versus flat versus cause and effect and say, and then, you know, we can talk about their own game, you know? And so I think the more we can heighten people's awareness about how the ball moves, and, and I challenge every student to curve it. I know that everybody's looking for the perfect shot straight, but I'm like, there is no straight in golf. There's no straight. It, you're playing on a circle, so it has to curve. It always curves. Sometimes it curves more, sometimes it curves less. Um, so which curve do you like? Do you like it to go right to left or left to right? Well, I like it to go straight. Well, how's that working for you? It's not going, it doesn't go straight. Well, if I go straight back and straight through, I'm like, right, how's that work for you? Well, I always slice it, right? Because straight back and straight through is vertical. It's a slice. Well, I saw a video. I go, oh, you should call that person up and say, okay, who are you teaching when you ask them to do that swing? And they're like, well, why would I ask that? Well, what if the person they're teaching hooked it? That's what they teach them. When you have somebody who comes to you and maybe they're, adamant about having a, a very strong grip, for example, 
and you see that that does not work in terms of what is going on and the rest of their swing and what they're trying to accomplish. Where, where do you, where do you go with that? Where, what are your, where, what are your first kind of conversations with that? Well, I mean, I, I always will um, praise them because their grips usually match their swing, you know? So if you have a bad grip and a bad swing, you have a bad result, right? And so, okay. And I'll talk to them common sense wise. So at some point we're going to change your grip because your swing's going to change. And so we're going to go from, we're going to do opposites, right? So if you're strong grip, vertical swing, and you're able to pull hook it, that's awesome. Congratulations. You're making the ball curve. But if we change your path and you have that, you're going to hit a hook and it's, and it's going to be just as bad, only it's going to start to the, the other side and curve back to where you were. So I go somewhere we need to neutralize your grip. And so I just plant the seed. And then one day I just change it and we don't even talk about it from that point. You're playing a game in a circle, but you're not really in it. Just your hands and the club head and the, you know, the club are in the circle. You're not ever in the circle. Look at this circle. <laughs> I'll put a hula hoop down. You know, you're not in the circle. You're on the outside and you're moving the club around. So everything needs to be pristine. It needs to be clean. It needs to be effective. You know, because you have 1.2 seconds and impact is five-eighths of an inch. And if your grip is turned three inches under, that five-eighths, it doesn't matter. You've exposed the club face incorrectly. And I don't always change their grip. But typically, at some point, I'd say 97.8% of the students, we change their grip. You know, some of them, we... We change it a little, and some we change a lot. And I under and I get it. It doesn't feel good. I was a weak grip, and I got changed to two knuckles, you know, to be neutral, you know. And I thought the world was ending, you know. But I just I constantly worked at it. Just static, you know. Watching TV, change the grip. Take my hands off the club. Put the shaft parallel to the ground put the face square, get my left hand square to it, my right hand on the club the right way, cover my thumb, got it, another one. And I did that thousands and thousands and thousands. And I go, it's not hard to change it. It just has to, that will then feel comfortable. And I've done that too with students where we change their grip. They've been with me a couple of years and then I go, oh, let's put your grip back where it was. And you put it back and they're like, oh my God. You're kidding me, and I'm like, no, that's how you played. How how important is how important is tension when you're kind of like looking at somebody when you're when, when they show up to the first tee, and you can can you kind of see that before they even before they even have the first takeaway? Yeah, super important. Like just talking to them a lot about their tension levels. You know, like if one is as soft as you can have your arms in your hands and squeeze the club, and ten is you know the hardest. You're about a 40 million you know like your knuckles are blue and I go what are you so nervous about I go it's only grass and air and a ball why does it matter so much well it just does well why you know and start trying to break it down because if you can um change their perception about the game and get them to play like it doesn't matter they're going to play great you know, to get them to relax a little bit. I go, do you think those tour players are nervous? 
well, yeah, not like you. I go, dude, they're playing for their lives. You're just playing for fun. <laughs> you know, they're, you know, they're playing for millions of dollars, charity and their health care and retirement. And you already have all that. You're just playing golf for fun. Why does it matter that much? Just to kind of uh, wrap up, if um, if you kind of had a maybe a, like a central theme or, or a central message that you would you would want to preach to not only your own students but just people and uh, golfers in general about you know full swing fundamentals and just kind of how you evaluate them and, and monitor them. How would you? What, what would that kind of be? Yeah, I would. I would say probably five things. Number one, golf is a game of circles. And so we have to understand cause and effect of the circles. So if you were to imagine, it's hard for people your age, but um, carnivals, <laughs> you know, or uh, like Disneyland, they have lots of circles there. Some are flat and some are vertical and some are tilted on a different axis. And that's similar to the golf swing. That's how how things move. And we all have a predominant way you know, that our circle moves. And if it's ineffective, we have to change the circle to find the balance point. Um, and then I would say, you know, when you play golf, you really have to play by four things, you know, where does it start <laughs> relative to your target? Where do you strike it? How much turf do you hit? And uh, what's the curve? And so if you can look at those things and quickly assess it, you'll be able to you know, to play golf, you'll be able to reverse the process if it's not correct. And if you just keep thinking that way, um, you know, we tell our students there's a lot going on in a round of golf, but if you can stay focused on just those four things, you know, start, strike, turf, and curve, you should be able to assess what's going on and then reverse the process and play great. I'm not such a positional teacher, you know, like, we all move through through different planes, um, but we all have to have commonality to impact. And there's there's commonalities, you know, of great impact. And so we teach that as well. Um, but again, if they can just play by, you know, start, strike, turf and curve, that's four things they can figure out pretty quick just by feel and by look, by visual, by looking at the golf ball. And so like the extra stuff that's around them, they start to become very purposeful when they play that way. And when they don't, they start to see all the negative instead of like, hey, these are the things that I can control. Start, strike, turf and curve. I can control that every time, you know? And so if you do that 66% of the time in your round, you're probably going to play a pretty good round of golf. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes today because this has been uh, really awesome and uh, and this has been uh, very very helpful to to me and I'm sure it will be to well. So uh, Brian, thank thank you so much for for your time. I I really appreciate it. Uh, you're welcome, Sean. I appreciate the opportunity to to be on and and uh, as always to talk to you. Once again, thank you to Brian for coming on the show and sharing some of his insights. Before we sign off. I just want to go back to a couple of things he said that I think are simple but very important. One of the best ways to understand full swing fundamentals is to watch somebody else and predict what is going to happen before they swing. Trust me on this. Brian mentioned 
that he will take his juniors out and stand a good distance away and go through this exercise. If you can look at how somebody addresses the ball, what club they have, what their target is, everything before they take the club back, and you can say, I bet this will be a high draw, or I bet this will be a low fade. There is a lot of power in that. Now, how do you predict that? As Brian mentioned earlier, the building blocks of a swing are very telling. It's something you can feel. If someone has an open stance, they are inviting an open club face in the ball, which allows for a cut or, or a slice. Here is one you can try out in your living room at home. Take a wider stance than normal and stand upright so that your head and your chest is further away from the ball. And then place the majority of your weight on your heels rather than your toes. I have two questions for you. Does this feel like a stance where you can generate a lot of power? Not really, right? My second question is if you had to make a backswing from this position, would the club naturally want to go more vertical, closer to your ears? Or would it want to be going more away from you around your body? It's more vertical, right? You can just feel it just from practicing. And the more vertical you get, the more open you are inviting the club face to be. This is a great recipe for a swing that, that uses too much arms and produces a weak fade that does not have enough power. The golf swing is about feel. What would it take to hit a low hook? Experiment with ball positions and placing weight more on your left leg or your right leg. What about a closed stance, which means to have the club face facing the target while your feet are aligned right of your target. Go through the cause and effect of each position. You will understand ball flight more, and that means you will understand the fundamentals and the swing more. That is all the time we have for now on episode six of the club. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again soon.